Dr. Kristen Oja here, entrepreneur and functional medicine expert. Welcome to Little By Podcast, where our goal is to empower you to achieve optimal health, one step and one episode at a time. Taking a functional medicine approach will cover a variety of health and wellness topics, from how to optimize performance to how to balance your hormones and everything in between. This podcast is for educational purposes only, so please be sure to consult your healthcare provider before incorporating any changes into your daily routine. Now grab your headphones and let's go for a walk as we take steps towards becoming your best self. I like to start each episode with an introduction. This one is a little bit weird because I will be introducing myself. Uh, My name is Dr. Kristen Oja. I'm a doctor of nursing practice, a family nurse practitioner, and a functional medicine provider through the Institute of Functional Medicine. I am the founder of STAT Wellness, which stands for Strength to Achieve Total Wellness. We're the first medicine and movement practice in West Midtown, Atlanta. And our slogan is wellness feels good because doesn't wellness feel good? And of course, we take a functional medicine approach in everything we do. I never want to be identified by my work only. So I am a wife to an amazing man, Cameron Oja. My last name Oja is uh, obviously from Cameron and it's Estonian. So we actually had the opportunity to go and see Estonia where his grandparents grew up. And even though I married into the Estonian culture, I'm very proud of it. And I'm, I'm proud to be Estonian through marriage. If you guys don't know about Estonia, you need to look it up. It's a tiny little country next to Russia. I am also a mom to an amazing little baby, Emery. She is three months old. So what a good time to start a podcast, right? Running a business, taking care of a three-month-old, and starting a podcast. And I'm also a puppy mom. I have a really beautiful little Weimaraner here who is so hyper and high-strung, so she keeps us busy. But without further ado, let's get into this episode. We're going to kind of break down why I do what I do and why I'm passionate about functional medicine. So tune in. Hello, guys. Welcome to episode number one of the Little Buy podcast. I have been wanting a podcast for over five years, so it's so exciting to finally pull the trigger and be with you guys here today. So episode number one is all about kind of my story and why I do what I do and to kind of open up what to expect with the Little Buy podcast. Little Buy stands for little by little, a little becomes a lot. It's one of my favorite proverbs that really just says these small changes over time lead to total uh, transformation. So hopefully as you listen to these podcasts, you'll get some tidbits of things that you can apply into your own life. Uh, our goal is to really help with chronic disease prevention and to really not focus on that lifespan, but to focus on the health span, to really increase your quality of life and get you feeling your best. Because uh, it doesn't matter how long you live if you are in pain and, and aching and depressed and not able to enjoy the essence of life. So thank you guys for joining us. I wanted to start by sharing a little bit about my story. I'm going to keep it brief. Uh, We'll break down some different components of this uh, throughout the podcast, but I really just wanted to start at the beginning. I was really active all growing up and I, I danced, I played lacrosse. I never had to be purposeful in my life decisions. I wasn't purposely going to the gym to exercise. I wasn't being mindful of what I was putting in my mouth. And 
of course, I went to college and uh, realized that you actually do have to be intentional with your with your choices. You have to be intentional with what you're eating and how you're moving your body. And so it became clear to me in college that lifestyle matters. The way you sleep, the way you eat, the way you manage stress, your relationships, all of these things, they matter to our quality of life. And I remember when I was heading home uh, for Christmas break and I was trying to put on a pair of my jeans in college and I couldn't button them and I had no idea that I had gained weight and I was feeling puffy and inflamed and uh, I really wasn't being intentional with exercise. So I immediately knew that I needed to make some changes and I actually became a personal trainer at that point. I went and got certified. I started to be intentional with my uh, decisions and I got up and I was exercising and I started feeling really good. And actually got into the best shape of my life. And I remember telling everybody, I'm just going to, I want to be a personal trainer for the rest of my life. And my parents really encouraged me to get a college degree. They didn't care what it was in, but they really wanted me to finish school. And so I met with some different mentors and I, I'm a huge, huge proponent of having mentors in your life through all seasons. And I always have at least one or two mentors in my life. And so I met with one of them and I was talking to them about what I, what should I do? What degree should I get? And I, I just remember people telling me to go nursing because you could always fall back on it. It was a degree you could always fall back on, but I was just going to be a personal trainer. I loved training people. So I ended up going to nursing school, uh, and my first rotation was in the dialysis unit. And I will always remember being in this dialysis unit with these fluorescent lights and no windows. And my patients, the majority of them are overweight or obese, and their blood is being filtered for four hours in these machines because their kidneys aren't working. And they're depressed and sad, and they've lost hope. And I remember feeling really down about our healthcare system. I felt like none of our treatment plans in the hospital were really focused on lifestyle. We weren't telling these people how they should be eating when they leave the hospital. Uh, Some of the hospitals here in Atlanta that I was working in, they have McDonald's in their hospitals. That's the only food you can get is fried food. And I just... I I remember being opened to this world of conventional medicine versus what else was out there. And that's when I started to kind of do my own research into integrative and functional medicine and, you know, diet and exercise and all of these things. So I almost wanted to quit nursing school at that point because I, I I wasn't enjoying it. I felt like I really couldn't be a light in this super dark place. And not to say that the hospitals are not life-saving, because they are. Uh, We have really great surgeons, oncologists. Uh, Our conventional model here in the United States is is actually very remarkable. We we manage disease very well. Where I feel like we're lacking is on the prevention side. Our insurance covers one physical a year. That is one time to meet with your physician unless there is a chronic disease or something that you have to be managed. But for the general person before a disease has started, they go and see their healthcare provider, whether it's a nurse practitioner, a PA, or a physician one time per year. And, you know, the data really shows that that visit's only about 15 minutes. And so in that visit, there's not enough time to talk about everything from your diet to your stress management, to the way you're sleeping, to all these things that are so important when we're talking about disease prevention. So my goal was really to get on the preventative side. So I wanted to stop stop nursing school. It's like, I'm going to quit. I I don't think this is in line with my beliefs. Um, I'm going to maybe become a health coach. And everybody encouraged me to just stick with it. Just finish. Just get that degree. You never know when you're going to use it. So I kept pushing through. And I remember my last rotation was in the emergency room. 
And believe it or not, I actually, I loved it. I loved the fast pace environment. I loved, I always had my Fitbit on at the time. It was the Fitbit that I wore and I would get 13 miles in a, in a shift. I was running from one side of the emergency room to the other. The adrenaline was amazing. Um, as you can tell, I'm an entrepreneur. I love adrenaline. I love, uh, risks. I love that what we would call treat them and street them. I love that life-saving environment. And, and people in the emergency room, they're really amazing because you never know what's going to come through that door. So I did that for about a year when I finished nursing school, but I kept going back to the way I felt in that dialysis unit. I kept going back to my personal training background, and I kept wanting to kind of figure out how could I bridge this gap between the conventional medicine model and really what I wanted to do from a lifestyle standpoint. So I ended up going right back and getting my master's. So I know a lot of nurses out there are like, well, you need to work much longer. I, I knew what I wanted to do. I always had my eye on the prize of kind of blending this personal training and nursing background together into one. So I went on and I got my master's and I actually loved my program uh, at Georgia College and I became a family nurse practitioner. And this was a really big shift in my mindset because as a nurse, you're more, you're following whatever the physician, nurse practitioner, PA order, and you're making sure that it's safe, effective, and you're taking really excellent care of your patients, but you're not the one making the decisions for your patients. So when I finished my master's and was functioning as a family nurse practitioner, I was able to sit down with my patients and I was able to talk to them about their lifestyle. I was able to ask them, what are you eating on a daily basis? How are you managing stress? What does your sleep look like? So I, when I finished my master's, I knew I wanted wanted to be in this lifestyle heavy environment. So I went on to work in integrative medicine, which was a cash pay practice. And so I was able to spend more time with my patients. I was able to assess all of these things. I was able to really work on preventing disease, or if they had a disease, looking at their disease state from functional medicine lenses. So I ended up going on and getting my doctorate. I was very fortunate that my doctorate was covered. Uh, I ended up getting a scholarship to help pay for me to get my doctorate, and I stayed working full time. So that was a, a crazy time in my life. You know, a lot of late nights, which I don't recommend for my patients, but it was the season of my life at the time. And so I worked on my doctorate, and it was called a doctor of nursing practice. And a, about 1% of nurses have this terminal degree. So if you've never heard of it, um, there's not very many people as of now that have their DNP. So I was functioning as a nurse practitioner in an integrative medicine setting. I was going back and getting my doctorate, and I had a decision of what are you going to do your dissertation on? What is going to be your, your research focus? And if you guys know about functional and integrative medicine, or if you've listened to me previously, you know that the gut is the gateway to your health. So I really wanted to dig deep into digestive health. So my doctorate was all on gut health and the connection with probiotics, digestive enzymes, and glutamine in patients with irritable bowel syndrome. So these were patients that they did not have inflammatory bowel disease. If they did an endoscopy, a colonoscopy, nobody knew what was going on. So they were diagnosed with irritable bowel syndrome. And it was really exciting to put some of uh, the way I practiced into a study and to see that 88% of my patients noticed significant improvements. I had 100 people in the study and 88 of them noticed huge improvements, statistically significant improvements with the change of probiotics, digestive enzymes, and glutamine. 
So to me, that was kind of the first validation that what we're doing is working. What we're doing in the integrative and functional medicine space is working. Since then, there's been some other studies published that show that quality of life in people that go to functional medicine within the first six months is enhanced compared to going to a standard uh, primary care visit. So there is validation that functional medicine works. So what is functional medicine? Functional medicine is root cause medicine. So we try to uncover the why behind your symptoms or your disease state. So let's say you come to me and you've been diagnosed with high blood pressure. If it's really dangerously high, you are going to need medications or pharmaceuticals to bring that blood pressure down because we don't want anything to happen to you while we're working on that root cause. But we might look and see, do you have a magnesium deficiency? Is your stress hormone cortisol imbalanced throughout the day? Do you maybe have sleep apnea where you're not getting good quality sleep, which is one of the big reasons for hypertension or high blood pressure. Are you not exercising enough? Are you eating a diet rich in processed sugar? So we try to uncover those root imbalances or root causes. So hopefully we can get you off your blood pressure medication. So functional medicine is really its root cause, and we look at the body as a whole, and we really take an individualized approach. So I I stayed working in this functional and integrative medicine space for a few years, and I still felt like something was missing. I was seeing my patients every three months or once a year. And while that was so much better than once a year, of course, I still felt like I wanted to see them on a regular basis. I wanted to make sure that they were making those changes that we were talking about. I wanted to help hold them accountable. I wanted to motivate them along the way. And that's really what led me to start Stat Wellness. And so I'm the founder of Stat Wellness, which stands for Strength to Achieve Total Wellness. And I opened Stat Wellness a brick and mortar on January 28th of 2019. So we are just about to be wrapping up year two. And of course, year two hit uh, right during the pandemic. So it has been a challenging year, but a rewarding year. And it's, it's you know, we, we figured out ways to be innovative and we are going to come out on top of this pandemic, which is exciting. But I opened Stat Wellness uh, back in 2019 to really be a place where I could show people through movement as a personal trainer how to become their best self. And then I could tell them through functional medicine what was going on inside their body so that we could get to the root cause of what may be going on or some imbalances that maybe they don't even feel to get them feeling better than they ever thought possible. So Stat Wellness is the nation's first medicine and movement practice. So we really utilize small group training, uh, personal training. We really utilize functional movements, strength training, stamina, stability, all of these different things uh, under one roof. And then the other side of the business is the medicine side where we practice functional medicine. And we do everything from health coaching to dietitian consults um, to IV therapy, injections, and so body composition scans. So we really want to be a one-stop wellness shop. And I opened Stat Wellness with basically me and a director of operations, Sarah Rose, who really is my right hand. And it was the two of us for a while. Uh, I was working from 3 a.m. to 11 p.m. every single day. And I remember about six months into opening, feeling the loneliness, the loneliness of being an entrepreneur. So if any of you guys listening are entrepreneurs out there, I was there and I, I was thinking, why did I give up a good salary and paid time off? What is this paid time off? Uh, 
to 3 a.m. alarm clocks, working till 11 p.m., but I knew in my heart I was on a mission. I was on a mission to transform the way we were doing medicine. So I really fought through that loneliness, and, and my husband was there for me every step of the way, and my parents and my siblings and my friends, and even though I wasn't able to see them because I truly was working around the clock, I knew I had the support system, which was foundational for my success. So I kept, you know, plugging away and plugging away and and gradually in just that year and a half that's happened since 2019, when that loneliness hit in June, July, it's amazing to see the growth that's happened within me and my team. So now we're a team of almost 20 people. We have three nurse practitioners. We have a dietitian, a health coach. We have a medical director, uh, Dr. Jeff Thompson, who's fantastic up in Cleveland. We're so lucky to have him. We've got a wellness manager, a director of operations. We've got a nurse. We've got personal trainers, group fitness trainers. I'm so fortunate to have an amazing team all working together to benefit our members' success. Our goal, again, is to blend the medicine and movement and to really hold you accountable, to be a motivator. And what really started this was looking at some of the statistics outside of my nursing background, outside of that dialysis unit. You look at the United States statistics. And 36.5% of U.S. adults are obese. Another 32.5% are overweight. That is more than two-thirds of the U.S. adults are either overweight or obese in America. And we know that obesity is a big risk factor for chronic inflammation and chronic disease. And when you look in the United States, 6 in 10 adults have at least one chronic disease. That's 60% of America. And 4 in 10 adults have two or more chronic disease. That's 40%. Over 86% of all of our healthcare costs goes to managing these chronic diseases. So what we are doing is not working. Yes, we are sh- we are saving lives through surgery, through oncologists, really, you know, scientific gastroenterologists, endocrinologists, pulmonologists, all of these specialists, they are amazing at managing disease. But what is going on with our prevention? And so Looking at those statistics, I knew there was more that needed to be done. So Stat Wellness opened, and and we do the medicine and the movement, and we really focus on little by little, a little becomes a lot. Yes, we know what we should be doing. We should be exercising more. We should be eating less. But actually doing that can be, be really challenging. Or maybe you're one of the ones listening that you really are eating clean and exercising regularly, and you still can't lose weight. Maybe it's your cortisol levels or your stress hormone. So our goal is to not just meet with you and be a dictator, but we really want to partner with you. We want to partner with you to make these small changes that over time are going to lead to total body, mind, spirit transformation. So looking at some of the lifestyle variables, the average American sits almost 10 hours a day. I really thought it would have been more than that. But by the time you add in, if you're sleeping eight hours, that's 18 hours per day of no physical activity. Depending on the research you read, the average American consumes between 66 to 152 pounds of added sugar per year, 152 pounds of sugar. So if you think of a 150 pound person, that is how much sugar is consumed by the average American. And there is no health benefit in sugar. There is no nutritional value. 
but sugar is addictive. So I meet with my patients and I say, are you addicted to sugar? Because if you are, it's hard to stop eating it. They've done studies where they've looked at the brain light up. They've seen this dopamine response when you eat sugar, the same way you see your brain light up when you do cocaine. It is addictive. It's hard to come off it. And so we're here to partner with our patients to make small changes over time that are going to lead to total body, mind, spirit transformation. And I always meet with my patients and I tell them, you know, you've got to understand your why. So if you're listening to this and you're going to be following along on the Little By Podcast journey, I think it's important to understand why do you want to make changes in your life? If you don't know why you want to make changes, it's going to be so much harder to stick to it. So your why may be that you want to be able to travel in retirement. Maybe you love traveling and you want to work hard, retire, and still be able to travel. You still want to be able to go for hikes and paddling. Patagonia. You still want to be able to experience life. That may be your why. Maybe it's to be able to walk your grandkid down the aisle at their wedding. That might be your why. It may be as simple as you want to wake up in the morning without aches or pains. You don't want to be experiencing chronic pain as you get older. But I think it's important to understand your why, and and maybe you need a short-term why and a long-term why. Uh, Short-term why may be as simple as, you know, you really want to help improve your energy. You want to optimize your mental clarity. Maybe you are crashing every day between 2 to 3 p.m. and you're so tired of wanting to take a nap. You're tired of being tired. You know, those may be some of your short-term whys for making changes or seeing a functional medicine provider to find out why are you so exhausted mid-afternoon? Why is your hair falling out? Why are you experiencing acne? Why are you bloated? Why are you having bowel changes? Maybe you're, you used to go to the bathroom every day and now you go every third day. You know, those short-term whys are really important, but it's also important to understand your long-term why. And I really encourage you, maybe take out a piece of paper and just jot down some of the initial thoughts that come into your mind and uh, really focus on those. Maybe write them on a sticky note and stick them onto your mirror. Those whys are really important. So looking at America, heart disease is still the leading cause of death. And heart disease is one of the diseases that's a silent killer. We have a lot of warnings ahead of time, but we don't always look. Sometimes it's, you know, our cholesterol or small particles or chronic low-grade inflammation circulating through the body, the sedentary lifestyles, the lack of activity. Uh, Did you know less than 5% of adults get 30 minutes of physical activity per day? That's less than 5%. And only 23.2% of adults meet the criteria for strength and aerobic exercise training per week. So yes, as a society, we need to move more. We need to eat a little cleaner, but sometimes it's not that simple. Sometimes there's other things going on. Uh, We know now that even if you eat a diet rich in fruits and veggies, you could still be nutritionally depleted. And the reason is our soil is not as nutritionally dense. So magnesium levels is a huge example We're seeing not as much magnesium in our soil, so we're seeing magnesium deficiencies. And magnesium is one of the most important minerals in our body that helps with glandular function. It helps with muscle relaxation, headache prevention, sleep quality, digestive motility. So even if you're eating clean, there could still be nutritional deficiencies that are holding you back from feeling your best. 
So at Stat Wellness, we really believe in this pyramid. And imagine a triangle, and at the base of that triangle is your lifestyle. That's really the things that we all need to be doing 80% of the time. I am not a proponent for 100% being perfect. Nobody is perfect. I'm not perfect. I enjoy going out to eat with my husband and having date nights and being able to eat whatever I want. And I enjoy being able to have a cocktail on a Friday night with him. So we are never talking about 100% perfection because that's not realistic long term. But consistency is key and identifying what you can do 80% of the time is what's going to be the most important. So down at the base of our triangle is your sleep. It's your relationships. It's your stress. It's your digestive tract. It's your nutritional levels. It's your uh, inflammatory markers. It's all of those lifestyle and what we call the low-hanging fruit. Often I meet with my patients and we go back all the way to the beginning and we talk about their birth whether they were a vaginal delivery or a C-section, whether they were breastfed or bottle-fed or on formula. We talk about how many antibiotics they were on before the age of three. We know a lot of our gut microbiome is really identified by the age of three years old. How crazy is that? That's before we can even make conscious decisions. And it doesn't mean it always is going to look like that, You, but you do have to sometimes work hard to shift that gut microbiome. So if you were a C-section and maybe you weren't breastfed, and, and there's lots of reasons people need C-sections, and so there is nothing wrong with having a C-section, but I always say knowledge is power. And in these correlations, we're finding c section burst to having a little less diverse gut microbiome, a little bit more environmental allergens, food allergies. And so if there was a way to kind of make your gut microbiome more robust, wouldn't you want to do it? So I always say knowledge is power. But if you were a C-section and maybe you weren't breastfed and you were on a lot of antibiotics for chronic ear infections, that's going to impact your overall health and wellness. We know our digestive tract plays a role with our immune system, the way we absorb our nutrients, the way we eliminate toxins, the way we make serotonin our happy neurotransmitter. So that gut health is so important. So yes, we go back to our patients and we get their whole health timeline from their birth to their current state where we're meeting with them. But we always want to address those low-hanging fruit first. So we might get a good panel of labs looking at their nutrients, their hormones, their kidney function, their liver function. But our goal is to take a deeper dive. We don't want to just look at a TSH for your thyroid, which is a thyroid-stimulating hormone, and determine the way your brain is talking to your thyroid that your thyroid is functioning optimally. We want to look at how your thyroid is making T4. How is it converting that hormone, that T4 hormone, into T3? So we want to look much deeper and look at the way the body is functioning as a whole in combination with the timeline. And we want to address those low hanging fruit. We want to make sure your nutrients are optimal. Your inflammation is low. And sometimes that is a great place to start with our patients. So going back to that triangle, that bottom, that base, that's the low hanging fruit. That's optimizing nutrients. That's, you know, making sure our lifestyle is to par 80% of the time. So 80% of the time we're sleeping seven and a half, eight hours per night. 80% of the time we're getting activity. We're exercising. We're being intentional with the way we move. We're managing our stress effectively, even as simple as deep breathing and going for a walk or listening to a a motivating podcast. But we have to work on the base of that triangle first. Then we move up to the middle tier, and that's where we actually start adding supplements or maybe adding hormones if there's some imbalances or some of my favorite supplements are adaptogens. And adaptogens just help your body to adapt to stressors. They make you become more resilient. 
ingredient. So we may add these adaptogens to just help your body find balance. Uh, Really, really essential. And then at the very, very top of that triangle is pharmaceuticals. I do believe in medicine. I can't say it enough how much I think that our um, medical system has saved lives. So we do believe in that medicine, but we want to start with the base of that triangle. We want to start with the lifestyle because your lifestyle matters and that can't be stressed enough. So throughout this podcast, uh, you guys are going to learn a lot. We're going to learn from specialists too. We're going to be talking to some experts in the field. We're going to be talking about clean beauty. We're going to be talking about different dietary changes, biohacking techniques. We're going to talk about why movement matters. We're going to talk about the connection between our gut and our hormones. We're going to talk about the connection between chronic inflammation and disease. We're going to take deeper dives uh, from a functional medicine standpoint each episode. So I really hope that you guys tune in and I hope that you uh, enjoy the podcast. I again have wanted this for more than five years and it's not going to be perfect. It's not going to be edited to a T, but it's going to be real. It's going to be authentic and it's going to hopefully provide you guys knowledge that you can apply to your life because little by little, little becomes a lot and these small changes we do are going to make a difference and we do have an opportunity to take ownership uh, over our life and to feel empowered and to feel hopeful that we can make a difference. And let's reverse the 60% of Americans having a chronic disease. Let's work on reversing that, preventing that, and feeling our best by really focusing on our health span and not our lifespan. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Check out drkristinoja.com. Shoot me an email with any questions you have. I'd love to hear from you. What do you want to get out of this podcast? What do you want to hear? Who should I interview? I would love to hear from you guys. Thank you for tuning in. And as always, remember, little by little, a little becomes a lot. Even the smallest changes over time can lead to total mind and body transformation. I'd love for you to stay connected with at Dr. Kristen Oja and at Stat Wellness on Instagram. And if you have any questions, be sure to reach out. I'd love to hear from you.